on TV, online, and on board, Captain. This is EPT Not Live. Oh, man, is on board, Captain Wright. I am like a sailor. I got up at 3.30 in the morning for this show. Hello and welcome. Hello, my babies. Welcome to EPT Not Live. Coming up on today's show, I am back in America. And it is, the sun is rising. It is five effing clock in the morning. Hopefully the technology works better this time. Good luck with that. Speaking of tech, ah, speaking of technology, I was watching porn while I waited for this to get started, but I decided not to risk it by joining in. I was like, what if they, what if my camera's on? What if they can just hear me? So I just skipped it, but oh, it's tempting. Uh, coming up to today's show, it's the PCA 2015 final table that just aired on television. It was a great final table. And we will be featuring Chance Cornuth as our guest. He only finished third in the event, but he was a pretty big star. We are in the midst of WCOOP. We've got another edition of Superfan versus Stapes. We've got an American on the line, guy who got up just as early as I did. But for now, I would like to introduce my work wife, a guy who is not exactly happy with the setup for today's show, James Hardigan. Yeah, you're complaining about you having to get up early. I've had to come to East London. <laughs> I don't go places in London with an oh, E in the postcode. I don't have East a beard. London, yes. How's your mustache doing? How did you wear? Oh. A, did you wear a T-shirt that has a pirate ship on it in any way? Nope. I look completely out of place, and but obviously I'm, I'm not complaining much. You know what's weird is when I used to live in East London, I used to get off the subway. Um, I used to get on the subway at Aldgate East. That was my station. Joe, Joe it's the and tube. Come on. You lived in London long enough to get the branding right, okay? It's the tube. It's not the, the subway. Is, we're, the thing is I'm, I'm operating on local time here, and so it's the subway here. Um, I was getting on the tube at Aldgate East, and it was weird. In the mornings when I would go to work, um, which was rare, um, a bunch of hipsters would get off the tube like at Aldgate East when I was getting on as if they were like commuting hipsters. Like, I don't know what their deal is, but they would, like, ride off on their unicycles and their shirts with epaulettes and all their facial hair. And I was like, man, they just, like, fucking ship in the hipsters every morning. This is weird. Yes, indeed. So that's where I am today. Um, so we're both having to suffer for our art. But you know what makes it worth it, Joe? A praise. Tell me that we've been praised in some way. Absolutely. A lot of praise for last week's edition of EPT Not Live, which of course featured Maurice Hawkins, one of the stars of this year's PCA. Uh, Anthony tweets to say, I swear Maurice was hilarious and stapes with the hawk noise after every punchline. Hashtag <sighs> classic. A lot of love, by the way, on Twitter for the artwork that Dirty Outs did. I'm sure everyone's seen this because Joe tweeted it, I tweeted it. Uh, if you search hashtag EPT.Live, you'll see the original. Based on Joe's fake movie trailer for Hawk Like a Man, Dirty Outs did a poster, and it's amazing. It looks like a real movie poster from the 1980s. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, I I just, there's so much to love about it. I like how he took real photos, made them sort of stylized cartoons. There's probably some computer program that does it, but I don't care. It was really cool. Um, I don't, you know me, I don't like tweet and or retweet stuff having to do with the show that often, but I thought that was certainly worthy of it. And hopefully, I think was a great ad for the show. Hopefully a couple more people listen to it that normally wouldn't have otherwise. So thank you. Well, Alex White loved the last episode. He says, I love all the episodes. Keep it up, guys. Uh, another guy who's become a big fan of EPT Not Live is Donnie at 65 Ponyboy. He says, I listened to all <laughs> of the shows this week. Then I missed James and Stapes so much that I then listened to the best of as well. I need help, is Donnie's conclusion. Donnie? Agreed. 
Now, there's always one, Joe, and that one is a rather nittish chap by the name of Varun, who... Oh, my God, Varun. ...registers his complaint, not only registers his complaint using the hashtag, but directs it at our boss. And even worse, oh, blames right. our boss for a mistake on last week's show. Varun tweets, at Francine, haven't you already done on a I thought you were coming up with a new one for each podcast. God, this guy is so annoying. Oh, man. Varun, I mean, I have such a love-hate relationship with Varun is that like half of me hates him and then the other half of me loves hating him. Um, <laughs> he is he is so nittish and that is literally and figuratively because isn't that his last name, nittish? Yes. I mean, God, why do you have to personify yourself? Like I don't go around stapling things or weighing a ton. Um, I don't know why you would do this. It's just, uh, God, yes, we accidentally repeated the intro, and it's no one's fault except mine, but really it's not Francine's fault at all. So uh, just look, because I screwed up the intro and because I'm calling you annoying, which is true, I would still very much like you to receive this basket of Apology Kittens. Wow, the Apology Kittens have been wheeled out in the first five minutes of the show. First five minutes. Um, Something else that I discovered, Joe, is that... um, there were a lot of tweets we received during EPT Barcelona when we were doing EPT Live that we didn't read. And there's a very good reason for this. We obviously encourage our audience to tweet using the hashtag EPT Live. Now, I appreciate there are some people who are new to Twitter who don't yet quite know the difference between the hashtag and the at symbol. So some people will message at EPT Live. And do you know what? I'm willing to let that go because I can see how it gets a little bit confusing. But a new thing happened during Barcelona, which is that Twitter have changed the rules. And now you don't actually have to both be following each other for you to send direct messages between each other. So people can now DM the EPT Live Twitter account without them being followed back. And that means some people think the best way to get in touch with the commentators and have their comments read out on air is to send a DM. Oh God! What? So there's like a there's like a buttload of DMs. Yeah, but here's the thing: as you'd imagine, people who can't work out how to send a message using a hashtag aren't necessarily sending comments that should be read on air. No, no. I mean, if they're if they're dumb enough to think that that is how to communicate with us, and they also think it needs to be a private message, my guess is some of them are pretty fucked up. Well, let's just give you a snapshot. Let's start with Mr. Noll, who sends this DM, Warburton, arrogant bastard. <laughs> we then have running... Cheers, hold on, hold on a second. I think, I think that while we're doing this, this needs to be a whole new segment. Let's head on down to the mailbox, the social media mailbox, that vacuous vacuum of vapidity. We have running commentary here from Sean Dog. A series of messages... John Joanda's taking this down. Wow, what a laydown. That's why he's John Joanda. Obviously, he realized that one didn't get read on air, so he sends five minutes later. <laughs> That's why he's John Joanda. Ah, it's good. Better repeat it. Shafikov <laughs> so needs it. another pocket pair. And last but by no means least, hello to Tony Thornhill, who was hoping to get this answer from the EPT Live team. When is the next EPT London and satellites to qualify from 888? <laughs> and those are the ones that were <laughs> worth reading. 
Unbelievable. Look, uh, as long as we are uh, taking the time to empty out to the, uh, the the social media mailbox, can we please talk about the chip in a chair guy from Twitter? <laughs> the thing is, though, he's not unique. Every now and then, someone will spring up on Twitter and say, Joe Stapleton, stop pretending that you invented the phrase chip in a chair. I have evidence. I have a Wikipedia page which proves that someone else <laughs> created it in 1982. When those guys do that, I love writing, like sending them back a page that says like the moon landings have been faked. <laughs> Although some people agree, so that's a weird thing too. But um, yeah, this guy, this guy says that the chip, this is what I really love. This is what I really love about EPT Not Live is that I have no problem on this show letting you all in on the joke. Okay, what? So we're gonna peel back the curtain a little it's bit. A, exactly. It's a joke. Peel back the curtain. Jo- Joe, you've I been didn't telling me. I actually invent the phrase. You've been telling me for six years. You created it. I know, James, and I need to break it to you now, just like Santa Claus. So um, we'll get to Santa Claus later. We, if there's too much for one day. I did not invent the phrase, all it takes is a chip and a chair. It's a bit I do, and I think most oh of the people... Oh, my God. This is eye-opening. <laughs> this genuinely is peeling back the curtain. I mean, and the thing is, like, but every once in a while, there's some person out there that thinks I'm actually claiming it. Like, I, t- I told this story a while ago, but I don't think I ever told on ABT Not Live, is that I was... Um, playing at the Fox Poker Club, God Rest Its Soul, when it was existed in London a few years ago. And uh, you know, I just, you know, at one point was like, yeah, you know what I always say, all it takes is jip in a chair when I invented that phrase back in 2009. And this guy next to me, it's <laughs> just like, you, oi, oi. I can't do an English accent, you know this. But he's like, you think you invented that? And I was like, yeah, of course I did. And he's like, when? And I was like, well, like I said, 2009 he goes you bloody americans always taking credit for something an english person probably came up with (laughs) first of all first of all an english person didn't come up with in the first place and second of all obviously it wasn't do you think i should bump i've been meaning to ask you this do you think i should bump up the the year should i say like 2011 now no 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 no. you've got to be consistent let's keep it at 2009 um i love the fact though that it, the best response is not to say to someone, it's a joke, dude, but just reaffirm your position to call into question the information that's out there on the internet. And what's great yeah. is after a series of back and forth tweets, they start to doubt themselves. <laughs> this guy gave up eventually. Uh, then he eventually said something like, I'm a big fan, but it makes you look stupid. <laughs> it's just. Oh. No, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the one who looks stupid. I'm the one who looks stupid. I get the joke. You don't. Uh, look, and it, one more thing as we're clearing out the social media mailbox. Now, James, you may not know about this yet, but um, there's a uh, you know because you don't have Facebook, so you didn't get to see this. And as my friend JJ Lieberman said, my my social media was getting some heat this week because uh, I uh, I woke up to this very lovely message. Now I'm not being sarcastic. A very lovely white message from a man named Richard White. And he wrote, wanted to say thank you, double exclamation points. I've played poker since 2008 and for the most part broke even. To be honest, never minded playing awesome game for free, double exclamation point. Since January, I've been listening to your EPT analysis of hands on YouTube and made me into a winning player, more exclamation points. Plus, I steal your jokes, so win-win, smiley face, thanks again, Another double exclamation point. So you took the credit for the jokes, obviously, and you passed on the compliments for the analysis to Jimmy. I actually gener- generally do that. I did that yesterday to something on social media, but I didn't have a chance to reply to this Oh, before someone underneath this, a guy named Stephen Riley, not that Stephen Riley, um, wrote, his commentary can lean to the annoying side. Now, this is incredible because... 
in order to be able to comment this, you have to be my friend on Facebook. So what this means is that this guy has... Now, I, I'll tell you this, James, even though this may come as a shock to you. I did not friend request this Stephen Riley. He found me somehow. So it means this guy friend requested me and then decided to leave a negative comment on a very nice comment on my Facebook page. That's really screwed up. I mean, I know that you and I share similar opinions. And if you're going to say something negative about someone on Twitter, for example, don't include their handle. Don't include their their, their at name. But at least there you're kind of talking about someone you might not even be connected to or like. But if you've become a friend of someone on Facebook, if you would admire them or a fan of them enough to send a friend request, why are you then talking shit about them? Exactly. Exactly. My thoughts exactly, James. So before I could even before I could even reply to this, there was an amazing reply on there from Griffin Benger from Shark Cage, season one champion, good friend of ours, James. Griffin Benger had replied. And I because I probably can't read it in Griffin's voice, I'm gonna give it the music, the gravitas which it deserves, <laughs> and I'm gonna read the reply to everyone out there. Here we go. Please listen to my words very carefully. I want to make sure you really process the gravity of how pathetic, narcissistic, and shitty you've made yourself to be in every single one, to every single one who has read your posts. Richard put up a genuine piece of sentiment for Joe out of the goodness of his heart. Instead of doing what a normal, good human being would do, which is like the post or ignore it if you didn't like it, you decide to instantly respond with your irrelevant opinion regarding his commentary. If you think Joe is annoying, don't add him as a friend. The fact that Joe accepted a stranger in the first place with one mouse click, he gave you the benefit of the doubt that you wouldn't be a shitty troll who wastes his and his mutual friend's time. And not only have you proven to do that, but you've also somehow made the post all about your shitty opinion instead of the goodness Richard was putting into the world. Think about what words fly off your keyboard and why. Did you read the post and think, no, you can't give Joe Stapleton this much credit. I find his commentary leans to the annoying side. Really? That's how you live your life? I have so many more things to say, but I just can't be fucking bothered because you obviously suck so much and my time is valuable. But my God, is your behavior a great example of everything wrong with people? It makes me sick. Please, for a plot twist, just apologize and try to change your life. Wow. <laughs> that is an epic response from Griffin Benger. And let's not forget that the W Coop's on at the moment. The guy's probably not got that much spare time on his hands. <laughs> so Griffin came to my defense. But Tim Riley came to my defense. A guy named Luke who works for Poker Stars who probably shouldn't have his response right on the air came to my defense. All awesome guys. It kicked off this amazing fight. Where, um, where Steven, um, basically, he ended up removing himself as one of my friends, which is pretty funny. Um, and to be honest, like, this doesn't bother me necessarily. It bothers me for humanity. Like, it doesn't bother me personally, but it bothers me for humanity that someone would seek out someone else on social media, pretend to befriend them, and then send something so unfriend-like and yeah. it's just so it's just so terrible if we're gonna start and talking you know about uh, you know irrational behavior and idiocy on social media well this is just the tip of the iceberg sadly yeah so 
whatever. It, it's um, it is the tip of the iceberg, and I, I I wrote a response to this guy, but to be honest, and I was gonna maybe read it out, but I to, don't to think be, you need to. Be to. Honest, I think Griffin's is perfect. <laughs> Griffin's Absolutely. is so good, and and it's good to have other people saying stuff on your behalf. You don't need to dignify it with a response. Just let them bat this 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 fool away. Oh, well, I definitely eventually dignified it with a response. Um, just the one thing that I I did respond to was that he um started tagging like all of his friends in the post so that they would I assume come to his defense and not only did none of them weigh in <laughs> but I just hope that his family has all the proper amount of embarrassed for him now Joey That's just all just before we get to this week's uh, EPT not live news I've heard a rumor on the grapevine that you are getting into sport and I can't even say it without laughing uh yeah, I um I had a friend ask me, look, uh, I'm I I don't like sports. We we all know this, right? I don't really care for sports. I um was asked by a friend though to um join a fantasy league, and I was like, you know what? I'm sick of not knowing about sports because it is like sort of a great equalizer. You know, James, that like when you talk to people, like let's say let's say I'm hanging out with Ronaldo, which is not completely out of the realm. Like he may be forced to hang out with me for work reasons. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, being able to talk sports with him is a good way to, uh, is, is good, lo- like a lowest common denominator and not and not in a, in a rude way, but it, it, it keeps me away from being able to talk to a lot of people. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play this fantasy league this year. And I had my draft last night. And I was wondering, James, if you could give me like a quick rundown of what you think. Yahoo, I'm doing it on Yahoo, which I probably should have done it on Stars Draft. But to be honest, I got the press release too late. So I'm on Yahoo <laughs> Yahoo right now. I was hoping you could give me like a little um, what you, how you think I did. What was the name of the guy you told me I must draft? Jared Hain. I, I didn't get him. Joe, did you actually sit there? Like with one of those uh, those those web pages, like you know the ESPN stats, or did you just click auto draft? Well, no, I didn't auto draft. But the thing is, my roommate Jesse, as you know, as everyone knows uh, very well at this point, was said he was going to help me out. But Jesse was playing, and so um, he was a little bit distracted, and he was just like telling me things I didn't necessarily agree with. But because I don't know shit, I listened to him. So just tell me what you think of this lineup. Okay. Um, he he made me pick a quarterback like way late. He's like, no no no, like because you didn't get like the top quarterback, like the rest of these shitty quarterbacks are gonna be around forever. So I ended up with a guy, I, you know what? I ended up with uh, this guy named Ryan Tannehill. Oh dear, from Miami. Yeah, he's not, not good. He, he's he's not terrible, but he's he's certainly I'd say third tier, if not fourth tier. Uh, Jesse's oh. advice, by the way, is not, I'm I'm not a fancy expert. By the way, I've never actually played uh, fancy football and. But I do know that that advice is solid. If you can't get like the top tier quarterback first off, you, you're good to wait because you want to go like kind of running back first of all, probably. Who did you get as your running back? Okay, well, I have CJ Anderson. Okay. Shane Vereen. Mm, not bad. Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. Um, I'm and not then gonna- I accidentally picked. I accidentally picked a guy named Amir Abdullah because he had a name that sounded like the guy Jesse told me to pick. Okay, um, yeah, um, you you stand a chance of scoring some points in this league. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so basically, when Yahoo's rating for my draft was a C, yeah, I'd say C to C minus is where you're at right now. Do you think I would have been better off doing auto draft? 
I think an auto auto draft would have got you to a solid C plus B minus. The auto draft function (laughs) is normally not bad, from what I've heard. Again, I don't have much experience of this. Defense. Let's talk defense. Defense. You just pick a whole team for defense. I pick Philadelphia. Why Philadelphia? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I don't remember even picking them. Here's the problem, James. I had a, I had a girl over at the time. I had a date. Oh, now the truth emerges. <laughs> and so basically when I saw how involved this draft was, I was like, man, I just don't I just don't know if I can really be bothered for that. I got a girl over right now. And so she was cool, and she basically Jesse offered to take over. But at this point, once I added my laptop into the mix, it was he was triple screening. And so I think that some of this – some of the, I think I drafted like three guys that are like that have like a like a straight up broken leg. I think I drafted one dead guy, to be honest. <laughs> well, I wish you luck in your fantasy league, and I'm glad Thank that you, I James. wasn't involved in any consultancy <laughs> capacity at the point that you drafted, so I don't have to share any of the blame for what is likely to be a mediocre performance of uh, what's the team called? Oh, I called myself hashtag first down problems. Ah, not bad, not bad. <laughs> Let's do some news, Joe. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. And of course, the headline has to be the World Championship of Online Poker, the WCOOP. But to be honest, there's so much good coverage of this elsewhere, I don't think we necessarily need to devote that much time to it. I would direct people to thepokestarsblog.com because Brad, Stephen, all the team there are doing great write-ups of the final tables. They're picking out all the best stories. So head to the Pokestars blog for all of the latest headlines on the WCOOP. And of course... Twitch.tv slash Pokestars, various members of Team Pro uh, are going to be streaming during the WCOOP for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we should, uh, the one thing that, you know, I'm not really following the WCOOP because I was trying to have like a day off. Um, but uh, it's imp- it was impossible to miss the fact that Jason Somerville, I believe, made it to a WCOOP final table and he had the number two channel on Twitch overall that night. When you say number number two overall, you mean uh, even more than League of Legends, Hearthstone, and all that that gubbins? Yeah, I don't know what number one was, but you know everything but that. Yes, you you got wow. the right idea there. And basically, if I could just go on record as saying, as much as I love Jason Somerville, I also hate him. Now I don't actually <laughs> hate him, but like, man, Jason Somerville, he's like the younger, more talented guy coming up behind me, and it sucks because like he's like you know basically he's like the younger brother. You know, like you wouldn't know this, James. You're an older child, but only child. But basically, what happens is when you're when you're the eldest, your parents are all like strict with you, and then when you have like a younger brother, they're like, yeah, whatever. Like you can do what you want. And like Jason Somerville has this fucking awesome channel where he gets to like say whatever he want and cuss and like play cash games and do whatever. And like everyone loves him, and he's like the golden boy. And he's certainly he's a very talented dude. But I'm just like, oh man, like if I could just say what I wanted all the time, like I would. Probably have at least ten more people watching the stream. I don't <laughs> you think I would double make it to your audience. Two on, that's right. I would absolutely double it. But anyway, no. Jason's awesome, and I am jealous of of the fact that he has a show where he gets to do whatever he wants. But congratulations to him, number two channel on Twitch overall. I heard this stat. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that Twitch, um, as far as like data, they like transfer the most data of any website anywhere. Yeah, I've heard that before. 
Which is like, I, I, I mean, that, that has to include Netflix, right? That's crazy. Yeah, they are responsible for an unbelievable percentage of all internet traffic in the world. Uh, That's crazy, town. So good job, Jason Somerville. Absolutely. And and, and great to see that uh, WCOOP coverage is doing well on Twitch. As I said, the blog is a great place to go for stories after the event. The headline I want to deal with, Joe, the big story for me this week was actually not a poker headline. Um, I don't know how much attention you pay to entertainment news and to, like, release dates of movies i i pay fairly close attention okay there are a couple of big announcements this week they announced the release dates for um star wars episode 7 the force awakens and the release date for the new james bond movie specter now oh wait i heard that they they bumped up the day you're gonna get it one day sooner in the uk than you thought you were gonna get the star wars one right? yes and for bond you get it a week earlier now the one thing i know you have absolutely zero knowledge of is when we are on location at an ept because you normally ask me 48 hours before we travel (laughs) where we're going and when we're going to be there let me tell you joe this is fairly accurate let me tell you joe that star wars not too bad right The movie comes out on December the 17th in the UK, which is the day we fly back from Prague. So it's not ideal, but we could potentially get off the plane, go and see Star Wars. Yep. However, if we rewind a couple of months and look at the last week of October, Spectre, the new Bond movie, which I'm very excited about, possibly even more excited about than I am Star Wars Episode 7, that comes out in the UK on Monday the 26th of October. Do you know what happens that day, Joe? Do you know what happens on Monday the 26th of October? I'm assuming we're on a plane. We fly to Malta that day. We are then in Malta Malta, for the next five days. We fly back from Malta on the 1st of November, by which point the Bond movie will have been out for a week. There will be spoilers to avoid. I will not feel smug at being one of the first people to see the new James Bond adventure. I will be in an unbearably bad mood for the entire time that we will be in Malta working on EPT Live. And we need to do something about this. James, you can't put a price on your first trip to Malta. It's our second trip to Malta! We were there in March, you fool! Oh, that's we were there, weren't we? Now, here's the thing. I used to have connections at Sony Pictures, and I'd like to think back when I was on the entertainment circuit doing junkets, <laughs> premieres, and movie reviews that I had a little bit of juice and a little bit of influence, that, that's gone. Maybe if this was Quantum of Solace, I would have had that power and I could have pulled some strings. But I'd like to think that I can have some influence over the EPT schedule. Because do you know what, Joe? I know a guy. And that guy is the head of live poker operations for PokerStars Europe. His name is Neil Johnson. And Joe, I suggest that we activate the whole poke. Neil Johnson, head of live poker operations for PokerStars Europe. Neil, I'm not a happy man. You're not a happy man? What's wrong? Neil, you're sending us to Malta at the end of October for Halloween. There's a Bond movie coming out, dude. I don't know whether you're aware, but it's written into the laws of the United Kingdom that everyone in the country has to go and see a Bond movie the week it comes out. Is that for actual citizens? Look, if we're going to change Malta, I just want to throw it in there real quick. We get Halloween is an issue for me, too. It's my favorite. So just go ahead and tell us how you're going to fix this, Neil. Actually, also, if we're talking about moving dates, it would be good to have a couple of days grace before Star Wars comes out. So can you move Prague as well? So I need to move Malta and Prague. Yeah, we'll take Malta either a week later. Actually, yeah, that'd be ideal. If we could run the main event from, say, the uh, 30th of October 
through until the 6th of November and then um, maybe make Prague a week earlier so that we can get back in time to be ready for Star Wars because we're going to have to queue, right? We're going to have to queue outside the cinema. That's very, very selfish. Did you not just hear Joe say that he's worried about Halloween as well? Oh, okay. You only moved moved it to to benefit yourself, not to benefit Joe. I'm sorry. I I scratched that suggestion. Can we move Malta so the main event starts on the 1st of November? Actually, Joe might need to lie in after Halloween, let's make that the second <laughs> of November. Um, Actually, the first is Huff's birthday, so I need to have the lion on the second. Can we move it to the third? Third that's of November. It, but that's it, though. Third of November. Is there? I mean, we're sure there's no, uh, there's no like holidays there. There's not like Arbor Day or Veterans. I mean, Veterans Day is early in there. Um, you know, you guys don't. Are you partial to turkeys or anything? Because we're going to start backing Prague up near Thanksgiving. Doesn't bother me. Ooh, that's gonna be an issue. You know what? We're probably I, maybe we should just put push Prague to like February. So basically, Malta moves to December, and then we move Prague yeah. to February. Could yeah, we do- what about Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all the rest of? It? I mean, this is this is becoming very difficult. We could do Prague and Dublin back to back. I mean, geographically, they're not that far apart. Yeah, but Dublin's already over Valentine's Day. I'm assuming I'm going to be on EPT Live and uh, not live in January being told we have to move because Joe has very, very important Valentine's Day plans. Ugh, this is this is a minefield. This and I thought I only had to worry about bouncing from poker tournaments. Maybe we should just put this uh, this season on hold for a while till we get like our social lives straightened out. Can I I know this isn't allowed, but could what if somebody went in and streamed Spectre to you? from the theater no 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 that's not gonna fly i tell you what i will accept this you you must have a certain amount of power and you can speak to the tall austrian guy who's got even more power maybe we could have a private screening of specter at ept malta oh you know that's a possibility surely surely we know someone there actually you know you know who you should reach out to you know who has all of the power in malta you should attempt to uh, sportify Spectre. Wow, you think that... Oh, you, wow. you should attempt to sportify Spectre and get Alex Dreyfus on the emergency bat phone and see if he can arrange a screening of Spectre in, the United, er, in, in Malta. If Alex Dreyfus can get me Spectre in Malta, I will sportify anything he wants me to. <laughs> I still don't... That's not necessarily going to help you with Star Wars in Prague, but, but that, that could fix I think, Malta. Wait, but how about this as a legit suggestion, guys? What do you think about this? What if it's like one of those like EPT experiences things that we get everyone to like go see a special screening of Spectre because maybe there would be people other than me and James that would go. Yeah, but from what I understand, James doesn't want to James doesn't want to go with other No, people. I'm willing to make that concession. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I will happily watch Spectre with other human beings if we can do an EPT experience screening of the new Bond film at Malta. I will uh, I will reach out to my contacts and see if uh, if if Spectre is in the country because you said it opens a week later everywhere else right do we do we know because that could be key we need to find out the release date in Malta well it might not be coming out until 2018 in Malta I mean I'm talking about having a print brought over from London with us oh man. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I have that kind of power, but I will I will reach out. I will I will move Mercury and the moon, if not heaven and earth, 
to try and and get you your specter because quite frankly, number one, I love you and I want you to be happy. And number two, I don't want to spend a week with you in Malta listening to you nothing but bitch that you haven't been able to watch that movie. Correct, Neil Johnson. Thank you very much indeed. The whole Pope can now stand down. So our thanks to Neil Johnson. Um, Joe, it might be worth keeping the uh, activation button handy because something tells me we might need his expertise a bit later on as well. Sorry, false alarm. Neil, go back in your hole. He's gone. He's gone. We put him back in his cryogenic chamber. Uh, Let's talk TV, Joe, because the PCA concluded last night. TV recap. Episode 6 of the main event from the 2015 PCA, the conclusion of a huge event. And spoiler alert, the victory of Kevin Schultz. I'm assuming, Joe, that when we talk about these shows, people skip this segment of the podcast if they haven't actually watched the show and don't worry about learning stuff about what happened seven months ago. I don't think anyone ever skips any part of this show whatsoever. Although I would say that most of the people who are listening to the show probably you know, already know it. I, I don't know what the Venn diagram is between people who don't know the winner of the PCA and people who listen to this show, but it's going to be a very thin sliver, if at all. Yeah, I, 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 I'll take the under on that. Um, yeah, another entertaining show. I hope you felt it was that way. Um, Kevin won, and I love the conclusion of this show because I love the fact that the last hand was a tough decision on the river. And it's a, interesting that if you look at the PCA and frame it from the first final table, the super high roller, and the main event final table, they both ended the same way. Steve O'Dwyer made that big call for the win, and likewise Kevin Schultz in the main event made a big call on the river and takes it down. So much better than it all going in pre-flop and us running out of board. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's pretty rare that we get to end a show that way with a decision rather than a run out. But I agree that uh, in both cases, it was pretty interesting. Um, I think Steve's was a little bit harder decision, but uh, still the fact that this ended the way it did is great. Like it's way more dramatic and way more suspenseful. And unfortunately, unless you're like my roommate Jesse and watching a copy of the show that has a time code on it, you are generally, uh, genuinely um, a little bit, um, uh, you had some suspense there. But yeah, even though he may not have been the eventual winner of this, I think it's fair to say that this was very much the Chance Cornuth show. And I'm very pleased to say that joining us now from his honeymoon is the third place finisher in this year's PCA main event, Chance Cornuth. Welcome to EPT Not Live, Chance. Thank you much. And thank you for taking time out of your honeymoon to speak to us. Yeah, my wife didn't mind. It's going to be a short little call and she's actually going to listen in with us. And Well, I actually think what Chance told me when I asked him to do this is that you're having a wedding month. Yeah, we uh, left after the Seminole Hard Rock 5 mil series and went to Chicago to do the wedding. And then she had some family members from China come out. So we showed them Chicago, D.C., and New York. And then we got to Greece about 10 days ago. And we've just been here enjoying it. And it's been really relaxed and fun for the last couple of days especially. Did you take pictures of all your Chinese in-laws in front of the bean? Uh, no, I don't actually think. Did they see the bean? I'm they not did. sure. You can't go to Chicago and not see the bean, not flick the bean a little bit. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. There's this big metallic bean in Chicago, and it's like you, it's a thing to go uh, get your picture taken. Like Big Ben, yeah, like that big clock you guys have. The whole thing's reflective, and everything looks real cool off of it. And 
instead of actual selfies, people take pictures of themselves in the bean, which is, you know, a nice change of pace. Now, how was the wedding itself? Was it stressful at all? Because you seem like a pretty chill dude, but, like, I say half the weddings I go to, like, the bride and groom are having a great time, and half the, the weddings I go to, they're, like, they're, it's, like, the worst day of their lives. Oh, it was definitely the best day of, our, like, my life, and I think Emily's, too. And we even had these napkins that said ever and we had a wedding planner take everything through us and it was us and our closest family and friends and 170 people and one of my most memorable experiences about it was actually a high five that went wrong with my uncle where we went for a high five and he kind of missed and he sliced open my nose and my eye a little bit so I had to (laughs) and clog the blood it was really fun See, that's the thing. This is what I really love about this kid, James. This is what I like mostly about um, what he was doing on our show was that even when things didn't go his way, he had you, you have this great attitude, this great um, just sort of demeanor about you, which, I mean, maybe you're really good at faking it, but it seems pretty genuine that you're just like, hey, man, good for you. Like, that's cool. I just finished third in a huge poker tournament. Is that something that you have always had, or is that something that, like, you just realize, like, hey, I'm a professional poker player. My life's pretty good. Like, so no worries, mate. Yeah, I think that's most of it. Like, even during a downswing, it's like, oh, I just lost a house today, but, well, I'm going to go to the beach and spend time with my like <laughs> my wife and my dog. And, I mean, life's incredible, so no complaints here. And speaking of the beach, you just tagged me in some photo on Facebook, uh, with one of these hot dog photos. Is that your leg in it? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember. Uh, which one, Which picture was it? You just uh, getting ready to do a tiny bit of uh, PCA coverage commentary with Joe Stapleton all the way from Greece. So I guess that's where. Oh, that's my that's my thumb over the lens. Oh man, I was hoping it was more skin than that. <laughs> <laughs> You're very easily thrilled, aren't you, Joseph? I'm not the picture taker of the group for sure. Well, whatever. I'm just skin is skin. I mean, come on, we're all just people. <laughs> I know Emily did take a hot dogs or legs photo though uh, a couple of times while we were here on the beach. So you got to do the hot dog photo. <laughs> Yeah, got to have it for balance. Crucially, Chance, throughout the last few days of the PCA main event, when obviously you were spending more and more time on the feature table and then making it to the final table, you just seemed to be very, very relaxed, very comfortable. You had the experience of playing at the same table as Ronaldo, I think, on day four. Well, it was actually really crazy. Uh, I've always been a big soccer fan, and whenever I would like play soccer video games i'd be brazil and i'd choose the character and i'd be him and it was just like oh you know <laughs> i scored awesome. so many goals with him like someone said that at the table to him they're like oh i scored so many goals with you and i was like oh i wish i said that that's the best line ever and there's this great moment where you're high-fiving sergio garcia who's standing on the rail that ronaldo has just doubled up which is a slightly surreal experience to watch and i can imagine oh, surreal to actually be there <laughs> yeah and the day before we all went to Greycliff, which is a restaurant and it was uh me and a couple uh, really good poker friends and Sergio Ronaldo and Ronaldo's date and like a few other of the poker stars, uh, just people that were kind of their, I'm not sure if it was the talent or the people that take them around, but uh, we all like enjoyed sitting there and had cigars and it, it was always so much fun um, going and I was actually, Trevor Pope introduced me to Sergio and we all went I mean, it was him, myself and Ben Lamb and Ben's girlfriend, Rachel. And we met them and went to dinner. And so the next day, we already had plans to go to the Nobu restaurant there at the PCA. And uh, so Sergio and I were just cheering for Ronaldo the best we could because naturally we wanted it. It was going to be a much more fun dinner if we both made it through the meal. Or made it through the day, rather. And uh, so he gets it all in. He just uh, raises the two big blinds. Someone shoves 20 big blinds on him. And he just calls with the ace-deuce suited. And he flops a flush draw against ace-king. And Sergio and I are sitting there on the rail going... Deucer Diamond, Deucer Diamond, Deucer Diamond. And the rivers of Deucer were just like, yes! 
<laughs> uh, at the final table, uh, obviously, at one point, it did look like you were just going to steamroll the table. Obviously, as we all know, having watched the show, things didn't quite go that way. Is it fair to say that when it got three-handed and when you lost the chip lead, chip lead that maybe... Uh, attention wasn't what it should be was focus starting to slip there was what looked like a slightly bizarre call with queen high at one point if i remember correctly well i mean i think that i played the flop poorly and maybe the river call is a little bit speculative i think i should have just shoved the flop but if he would have bet bigger i would have shoved for sure but when he bet that size i wasn't getting as good of a price to shove and then when he bets the river like i'm 95 percent sure that he's checking all his highs um maybe check calling or check folding them he's probably betting a king on the turn and then he's going to be stuck there with some six, seven suited, seven, eight suited, and a, a lot of, a lot of hands that I beat. And I really, uh, I don't think the call is that bad. Um, I think that the flop call is my big mistake in the hand, and that I should have just ripped the flop in hindsight. But when looking at the river, like I don't think he's betting ace high, and so his value range consists of kings and probably not betting fives for value unless he's blocker betting smaller. So his block, his river like value range is probably sixes plus and a king. So I really thought that he'd be, you know, kind of polar to air or a weak value hand and decided to give it a call. Sure. So when I say that call was a little spewy, do you kind of shrug your head or do you go, fuck you, Stapleton? Uh, I actually remember watching that uh, recently, like last night, and I was thinking about it. And I was like, ah, in hindsight, like it may have been a mistake. Like I'm not sure if he plays his bluffs this way or if he bets the turn, if he just shuts down the turn and shuts down the river. But... In the moment, I had lost so many chips in a row, and I folded to so many river bets of his because he really is weighted towards value. Like as we saw in the video, like he's got a lot. Like he had it most of the time, and uh, I think that that one was a really close decision. And I, you know, I, I'm not sure either way whether it was good or bad. Well, I think I think for what it's worth, I think that a lot of people, uh, when they see you know high level po- thinking poker players, when they see the play, I don't think they're going to have a huge problem with it. I think that I watched it with a couple of friends. They're all like, no, the call kind of makes sense. So I, I don't. Um, not that you need me to tell you what you did is right or wrong, but uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I think that there's plenty of justification for it, uh, especially broken down the way you just said it there. Yeah, I just wish I would have had queen jack because if he shows me the queen jack offsuit and I lose, <laughs> then it would be pretty painful. But there's not that many. Yeah, the, oh my god, that's really <laughs> that would be extremely painful. Uh, last last night when I talked to you really briefly, I, I I gave you a little advanced copy of the show, and you were like, "Ah, oh, wasn't quite." There were some hands I wish had made it in that didn't. Um, what sort of what what situations were you talking about? Well, I think it was the first or second hand at the final table, and not necessarily the order they were shown on TV, but the actual order that they were played. Uh, not sorry, the order was correct, but there was a few in the early goings where I raised seven eight um, on a tight player's big blind or a player who couldn't really defend, and. Uh, I get called by the player who I think got second, Diego, if I'm correct. Um, and he called, and everyone else folded, and it came king 10-6 or king 10-5, uh, two hearts. And I bet, and he called. And the turn brought the five, or the, the five or the six, which everyone wasn't on the flop, so I turned an open-ender. And I remember betting like 820 into 1.2 million and him folding. And I learned afterwards he folded ace-king. And so like, just like hands like that where I really felt like you know, I thought his range consisted of some tens, some jack nine, queen, queen jack, ace queen, ace jack hands. Where 
you know, he's folding. But when I learned he folded ace king, which is the absolute top of his range, like I was really delighted to learn something like that. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's always going to be the case when you're trying to edit down a final table that might have taken eight to 10 hours to play out into 48 minutes. And obviously something's got to give. That's why we have the live streams chance so people do get an opportunity to see every single hand. This was also a strange one because the final table effectively took place over two days. You played down from eight to six on day five and then from six to a winner on day six. So we were combining a day and a half worth of coverage here into one show but again that's why we also have the bonus cut and occasionally we'll go back in, in onto the cutting room floor we'll find interesting hands that maybe didn't quite make the tv cut uh, and maybe that's one that we can revisit down the line i think the good thing that came out of this show though is how everyone at the table just seemed to be good friends you all seem to really like each other i mean it was a big score for everyone and just sitting there at the pca like even when i final tabled uh i don't know a year and a half ago the hard rock um, I'm not sure which one it was, but like a year and a half ago, I final tabled a Hard Rock tournament, and we make the final six for the WPT final table, and just like everyone goes to the bar together, and we were so excited and happy, and just like, oh my god, like this is the best experience ever, and like, it really is, like getting to that point where you're like, I want to be on TV, and like, this is what, you know, makes it real for all of the people who like, don't know poker. It's like people who know poker know that like, you can play high stakes cash games. And Do you, you think can, that... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Chance. I'm so it's a technology thing. Do you think that your that your sort of demeanor can make people maybe have fun and have the, that sort of camaraderie where maybe if you weren't at the table, it wouldn't have happened the same way? Because I mean, we see people all the time who sit down and they're all guaranteed a big sum of money. And I think that maybe my theory is that you're sort of the catalyst that sort of uh, that can sway everyone's attitudes one way or the other. Do you is, is that intentional? Um, I think that's definitely a part of my game, you know, and having people get along or even just having people be talkative and more fun and easier going allows you to learn information on 6th Street, too, which is like after the hand's complete, sometimes they'll show their cards or tell you what they had and they'll be sincere and you can just tell that he's like, oh, I wasn't bluffing you and you can tell you made a good fold because he wasn't or there are a lot of situations where it becomes beneficial and it definitely helps to have everyone in that nice positive mindset. James, listen to this guy. He's smart. He knows how to use the grape. He's a smart guy. He is a likable guy. But how likable do you think he really is, Joe? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was gonna do. I was gonna do a whole likability test with Chance Cornuth, but I decided, I, well, James. The thing I was really missing here is his name is Chance, and he's a professional poker player. You must be getting uh, people making way too big a deal about that all the time, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's like some of it is it borders on cheesy where, uh, you know, Chance takes a chance or Corneth takes a chance against Ms. Rocky was the one I remember in 2010 where I like, we're like 12 handed and, you know, after I won the bracelet, I like went back through it and read all the, read all the reviews because at the time it was like the highlight of my life and I was like, wow, I want to soak this all in, see all the like the different angles of it. I remember reading like some of the poker news reporting and I was like, this is definitely kind of cheesy, but it's really enjoyable. Like, I, I love it. It's fun. <laughs> reading about yourself is enjoyable trust me so that's why we're going to play a game today we're going to play a little game chance we do the same thing with Chris Moneymaker you both have very ironic names given your chosen professions so we're going to play is that your real name <laughs> and here's how the game works chance the rules of the game are as follows I'm going to tell you a fact and I'm going to give you the choice of two ironic names associated with that fact one of the names is real okay you must guess the person's real name for example, the professional poker player who finished third at the 2015 PCA. Is he Chance Cornuth or is he Gary Wagerson? 
Ooh, I'm going to have to go with Gary Wagerson on that one. <laughs> Gary Wagerson, if you had said that, incorrect. But that's how hey. the questions go. Are you ready to you ready to play the game? I'm going to give you guys a head start. I think I'm going to get the rest of them right. All right, here we go. That one does. That was just for practice. Here we go. Question one. There is a gravestone at Oak Hill Cemetery in Arkansas. Does the gravestone read Alice Ghostly or Agnes Skeleton? Mm, I'm going to take option A, the ghostly. Option A, Alice Ghostly is correct. He's one for one. Question number two. Oops. Oh, man. I screwed up question number two. Here we go. Question number three. <laughs> uh, question number two, just for laughs. In 1955, a man was crushed by a falling piano. His name? Stanley Keys. Okay, here we go. Question number three. <laughs> there was a colonel in the Confederate Army present with General Lee when he surrendered at Appomattox. Was the colonel's name Colonel Coward or Commander Concede? <laughs> colonel Coward. Colonel Coward is correct. He's two for two. Is Commander a position in the Army? Maybe my ignorance got me that one. It may not even be in the Army, actually. That might just be a Navy <laughs> thing, now that I think about it. Okay, here we go. Uh, a husband and wife chiropractor team out of northern Minnesota. Is the husband's name Dr. Ben Sued? Dr. Ben Sued? Or Dr. Will Tickle? <laughs> ben Sued. Ben Sued is... Incorrect. Oh, those are both so Dr. good. Dr. Will Fitting. Tickle is the name. By the way, I didn't even tell you what you're at. When you get when you get one wrong, your penalties you have to say is Chance, yes, that's my real name. Uh, okay, Chance, yes, that's my real name. There we go. Excellent. Here we go. Two more questions left. There is a Republican district attorney out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Is the DA's name Rich White or is it Rachel Profile? Rich White. <laughs> Rich White is correct. <laughs> Ironically, I have family out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. <laughs> I was just—I just drove through there this weekend. That's oh, he's like, yeah, that's my—it's my cousin Richard. <laughs> okay, here we go. This one is out of my personal experience. I once spotted a classmate's father smoking a joint in a grocery store parking lot. Was my classmate's name Daniel Weed or Matthew Chronic? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Daniel Weed. Daniel Weed is incorrect, but guess what? You still got plenty right. I think you went three and two. Three and two. Wow, final you got score. the penalty and everything. Congratulations, Chance. By the way, that guy, Matthew Chronic, they lived on a street called Bud Terrace. <laughs> <laughs> that is completely true. Chance Corneth, man, you're the best. I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I hope that uh, you make another final table soon because you made it more fun for all of us. Hey, thank you, guys. I'll do my best. Thanks, Chance. Have a great day. Well, Joe, with the final table show now out there at youtube.com slash PokerStars, that's it for our coverage of the 2015 PCA. I guess the good news for everyone is that it isn't too long to go now until the 2016 PCA. And we'll talk about that in just a moment when we go into the lobby. But before we close the book on these TV shows, there is one more thing we should talk about. Something else that didn't make the final edit. Not a hand, but a little bit of humour that was considered too hot for TV. For TV. Now, I kind of wanted to do this while Chance was on the line, but I ended up losing my nerve. And basically, 
The the last episode of the show uh, of the PCA show is you know did feature Chance pretty heavily, but he was featured before that as well. Like when his fiance showed up, and when his fiance came by, we did uh, we did a little feature about uh, about their their engagement story, and basically when you know you guys all watch the show, so you know that when we do these features, I typically make a joke on the end of it, and in this particular case, I made a joke. Um, the one that's there is, is unlike me. So what I did was I made a cut down of the original feature so you can hear the original joke. Uh, and here it is for you guys. My fiance, her name is Emily. She actually is in the poker industry as well. She's a WSOP dealer. She's awesome. She had got me a trip to China. And while I was there, I actually decided to propose on the Great Wall. I've never thought about which one is more nerve wracking, bluffing all in or getting engaged. I guess I'd say probably getting engaged. I have a heart of stone, but even I thought that was pretty sweet. Though I do wonder who was taking the photos. So not not your typical cutting, biting fare for me. That's because I had to back things off from uh, from this here. I've never thought about which one is more nerve-wracking, bluffing all in or getting engaged. I guess I'd say probably getting engaged. The Great Wall of China is only one of two man-made objects you can see from space. The other is my dick. <laughs> Cut for obvious for some reasons. Reason, obvious reasons. For some reason, that didn't make it to the show. I don't know, I mean, it's like a bunch of, I don't know, you're like a bunch of, it's like, what is this, 1984? No, it's actually due to the uh, Ofcom code about uh, being dishonest <laughs> with the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into the lobby. So this week, Joe, I thought we'd talk a little bit more about the schedule for the 2016 PCA that was announced while we were in Barcelona. And to be honest, the man who kind of knows this back to front, the person who's going to give us the best lowdown on this is um, is Neil Johnson. So I think it's good time to activate the whole po. Neil Johnson. Hello again, gentlemen. Thank you for coming back on the show. Um, <laughs> Neil, PCA, 2016, 104 events. Well, why not? Why not, indeed? I tell you what, if if you got room. Why don't you tell us a couple of your favorites? Because I know how you like to do fun and funky stuff. Tell us about a couple of the quirky ones that are going to be on the schedule for this coming PCA. Uh, my favorite and the the one the only one that I really begged Mike uh, Mike Ward, the tournament director for PCA, to put in was the Deuces Wild. I love the Deuces Wild. You're it borderline just, obsessed with Deuces Wild. It's it's so much fun, and it creates when you actually walk through the tournament and you see the players don't know what they have, the dealers are struggling to figure out what everyone has. It it really twists the element of of uh, of what everybody is used to in poker, and I love seeing poker players outside their comfort zone and being forced to think about the game in new ways. All right, see you later, Neil. All right, thanks, guys. So let's talk, Joe, about the main event at the PCA because I think the numbers are going to be huge. Because um, I don't know if you heard they've um, they've they've lowered the buy-in for the main event this year. I thought that was just a rumor. Is that is that a thing? Like it's five k this year? Do you want to double check with Neil Johnson? Yeah, we should probably get Neil Johnson. Let's just uh, activate the whole pope. Activate the whole pope. Daniel, hello again, guys. Neil, can you just confirm that the buy-in for the main event of the 2016 PCA is not $10,000, but $5,000? Uh, 
It is $5,000 confirmed. Thank you very much, Neil Johnson. Thanks, Neil. Whole Pope can stand down. Uh, one thing they are running again, Joe, this came around uh, a couple of years ago, the, re- the bring a friend bonus. You heard about this? So that's, yeah, that's the thing where like if I bring a friend and I, he, he's not played the main event and then I get 500 bucks or something like that. I think so. you don't really know the details of this, do you? No. No, nor do I. I think we need to activate the whole Pope. Yeah, let's activate the whole Pope. Neil Johnson? Yes, sir. Um, how does the refer a friend <laughs> bonus work? Um, if you, for the PCA, I'm assuming you're, you're yes, discussing. Yes, we're still it's, talking about the PCA. It's the, uh, if you have someone who has not played the main event in the last two years, and you bring them with you, and you both play the main event, you get a cash prize. Thanks, Neil. No problem. Okay, so that's that's the PCA, which obviously is happening at the beginning of next year. But let's talk about something that's happening right now. Uh, the World Championship of Online Poker. The WCOOP is ongoing. Just want to highlight a couple of the events that are happening this coming weekend, uh, which is... The- oh, you know what, James? I'm wondering I'm wondering if uh, the whole Pope is going to play any of the events this weekend. We should see. We should check it out. That's a good idea. Activate the whole Pope! Hey, Neil, are you playing any of the WCOOP events this weekend? Uh, I'm sorry, the, the WCOOP events? No, the, unfortunately, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be able to play any of the WCOOP events. I have enough of those bracelets anyway. Oh, I've just realized. You've got you to let somebody else win. Neil, you're, 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 you work for Pokestars full-time, right? Yeah. You can't play on the site, so you can't play the WCOOP. No. Yeah, we, Man, it feels like that's something I should have known and probably didn't even need to really activate you for, but somehow we did anyway. That's yeah, it, it kind of feels it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? I mean, it does on my end. I don't know if it feels like huh. that. Yeah, I guess um, I guess we should probably let Neil go now. Do you have any questions about Scoop Fine. or T Coop before I go? <laughs> Not yet, Neil. Don't worry, we'll let you know. Okay. So sadly, uh, Neil Johnson won't be playing any W Coop events this coming weekend, but. You can. And I thought I'd pick out a couple of the uh, cheaper W Coops to highlight in our lobby segment, Joe. Uh, on September the 13th. That's good. Yeah, you, let's just look at something for my price range, please. Okay, 215 bucks. Is that your price range? That is my price range if I was going to... Yeah, my once a month poker price range, sure, maybe. Okay, well, here's the good news. Satellite's available as well. So on September the 13th, which is a Sunday, there is a $215 Potlim Omaha knockout event. $250,000 guaranteed. Satellite's available. You could uh, win your seat in that one for 27 bucks. But there is also the uh, special edition of the Sunday warm-up on this Sunday as well. Uh, WCOOP event number 24, $215 buy-in with a $1 million guarantee. And as ever, satellites are available. Warning, because I know you've been caught out by this one in the past, Joe, when you played the scoop. This is a two-day event. (laughs) It will play over two days because we are expecting the field in this one to be big. At the time that we're recording this, 93 players registered so far. Uh, I guarantee you there will be significantly more. You look at some of the lower buy-in WCOOP events, you're looking at thousands of runners. Hence why it has to take place over two days. But it goes on right through until the end of September. Plenty of WCOOP events of every variety, of every uh, buy-in level imaginable. And, of course, satellites running as well on PokerStars. And this just in, James. I've I've been all but confirmed I'm going to do three days of broadcasting from the WCOOP. 
I should be broadcasting on the 17th, the 19th, and the 26th. Um, hopefully that my, you know, we're just trying to work out my contract for these. I just want to make sure that I have a steady stream of, uh, of bottled water here in the place, which is they're going to have to ship it from England. So I'm not sure we're going to come to the agreement. <laughs> However, I should, I should be doing some broadcasting from the W Cube. And will those be available to watch at twitch.tv slash pokerstars? That's exactly where we're going to be broadcasting. So write down those dates and then you get an extra dose of Stapleton as if that's a selling point. Right, let's give away some stuff. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So this week, Joe, we are going across the Atlantic Ocean once again. We have an American super fan, which means we're going to save money because there's no chance of anyone winning a Step C ticket. But there is the opportunity for an Everyone Loves a Chop Pop to be winging its way to the state of Connecticut and Keith Woodward. Welcome, Keith, to EPC Not Live. Good morning, Mr. Stapes and Mr. Hardigan. How are you this morning? Good. What is up, Keith Woodward? Buddy, uh, I got to ask you something about your Twitter profile. You got uh, Antonio Esfandiari up there. What's it going to take to get Joe Stapleton up there? Uh, well, I probably need to make it to EPT Live or I need to come to one of your comedy shows. And if I come to one of your comedy shows, I'd be happy to replace Antonio with you, Joe. That's the correct answer. You're already up one nothing. <laughs> now, obviously, Keith, I mentioned the fact that, sadly, you are denied online poker in Connecticut, but you do have live poker. I'm imagining you spend a fair bit of time at places like Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun. I play there when I can. I mostly play tournaments, uh, you know, if I can sneak out from on a Sunday and play a Sunday tournament. Or, um, you know, I went out to the World Series of Poker this year for the first time. That was fun. But I'm trying to make it to an EPT tour stop with my wife to come over to Europe at some point. That'd be awesome. Keith, I'm, what's your real job? Uh, I work at a university. I manage the operations at a university. We, I manage the uh, buildings and grounds and custodial HVAC plumbing and so forth. So, Well, that sounds really exciting. And I'm going to guess <laughs> from your Twitter handle that you have five children. I do have five kids. They play soccer and a lot of different sports. So I usually listen to your podcast on the go with... Um, you know with them driving them all around so it is a little bit crazy I know and they all girl. get to go to college for half price don't they uh f-r-e-e -E. nice see now the job sounds really exciting james have you <laughs> seen what it costs to send a kid to college it's a fucking horror show uh don't worry i'm already <laughs> worrying about it my daughter's only six years old now keith you are a big fan of the ept you do listen to ept not live and that's why you have chosen to answer questions about the podcast. I don't know why I bothered sealing these questions in an envelope when Joe's not even in the same country, let alone the same room. <laughs> but these are all questions based on guests who've appeared on the podcast over the last few months. They are all quotations. It's another quotation game, just like we had last week. Only these are quotations from people who've appeared on the show. And once again, I will not be doing impersonations of these people. You'll just have to guess from their words who they are. So, Joe, if you'd like to start the music, please. Superfan versus States. You know how it works, Keith. You get to choose whether you go first or second. I will let Mr. Stapleton go first. Okay, Joe. 
So there's no tricks here. These are all people who've been interviewed on the show and there are no repeats. So question one. Intentional slow roll is very rare against people I wouldn't know. I maybe can do it to a friend just to have some laughs. Who said that on EPT Not Live? I just have a question for uh, Keith first. Uh, Keith, have you have you been running recently? You're like breathing into the microphone. <laughs> what, what's happening over there? Uh, nope, I apologize. I will step away from the microphone, Joe. No, 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 don't apologize. I just want a little comedy. Uh, my question, my my answer is going to be Jonathan Laden. Is incorrect. Ooh. Which means, Keith, there is a chance for you to steal. I'm going to go with Chris Moneymaker. Incorrect. Yeah. The correct answer was Dominic Panka when asked about his uh... slow roll at EPT Barcelona. Well, there was too much banging that in the was background my... in that one. Uh, the banging was during Ike Haxton, and I can tell already oh, this is not true. going well, Keith. Your knowledge of guests and previous interviews on EPC Not Live may be not as strong as you think it is. Joe, it's your question. All right. I knew I was going to grind through this. I didn't leave the house I was staying in for 78 days. I'm a focused guy. That was um, a Mr. Jake Arver, Jason Somerville. Correct. And Joe Stapleton, you're on the board and currently lead 1-0. Uh, James. Oh, good for you. Yes, Keith. Didn't he get two questions in a row? I got the chance to steal. I knew it was James Somerville. Oh, you're absolutely right. I screwed up there. Oh, God, controversy. Okay. <laughs> oh, what's going to happen? That's all right. So Super no, fan is out super fanning James Hart again. Because I lost track of where we were. You're absolutely right. So let's do it that it was Keith's qu uh, question. And I have no doubt that you did know this one because it was quite an easy one. Hey, James, maybe you should put those questions in another envelope. Maybe that'll help. Joe, your question. Question three. Yes. <laughs> Who said this? And if you can name the episode number as well, you might get a bonus point. Zoolander 2? Oh my god. That is the best thing that's ever happened. When is it coming out? I love Zoolander. This question is so sick. It was Elkie. Yes. And we have a tied game. One point all. Question four goes to Keith, the superfan. I'm used to getting let down. You have to get hammered after days like that. Hard work. You have to let it go at the end. I'm going to go... Episode 7, Johnny Lodden. Yes, it was Jonathan Lodden. 2-1 to Keith. Joe. Amazing how Keith couldn't get the first question. All of a sudden, he's like shooting out episode numbers and time codes. <laughs> oh, that was at uh, 4 minutes, 41 <laughs> seconds of the Johnny Lodden uh, episode. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, question 5. Joe. I play yes. too fast. I play to win. I play for the instant gratification of winning now. I'm learning, though. Boy, um, oh, wait, who came on and said that they had made a mistake? And they, uh, Maurice Hawkins. Incorrect. I, oh, I'm sorry, all well, I got was the word correct. Uh, was that incorrect or correct, correct? Incorrect, wrong. Keith, you can steal. Uh, I, I'm not sure about this, but was that Tito Ortiz? <laughs> it was Tito Ortiz. Uh, which, which episode, Keith? Episode one. Uh, do you know what, Joe? I'm, I'm not going to give you a bonus point. 3-1 to Keith. And Keith, it's your what? question. 
I don't get offended. I can't think of a single time I've ever been offended at a poker table. Usually, what I'm doing is keeping it light, keeping it fun. That was Chris Moneymaker. That was Chris Moneymaker. Four, oh, one. Oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry. Joe, it's your final question, and um, I'm, not, I win? I'm not going to lie to you. You probably can't win. It was really. Oh, but if I do an episode number, I can win, right? Maybe. <laughs> uh, it was really cool seeing what goes on behind the scenes and how much work goes into these things. It made me have a lot more respect for the TV team. Um. Wow, it's really bad if I can't remember who said this. You know what? Because you know, I James, I just don't have a memory for compliments. Like it's just not something that stays with me. So, um. Fatima uh, DeMello. Incorrect. Keith, do you know who it was? I think it was Jake Cody, and you were talking to him after he had to do some promo a couple months later. Oh my god. 5 1 to Keith. He can, can he make it 6 1? Keith, really quick, do you not have you transcribed all of the episodes <laughs> of EPT Not Live and are searching for them as we read you the answers? Joe, this is happening in real time. I'm just a big fan, and I know the answers. Keith, you're the best, buddy. I like you. <laughs> Final question, Keith. You didn't tell me Stapleton was going to be on this thing. I thought I was getting a one-on-one -on -one with James here. Apparently not. Jason Mercier. 6-1 is the final score to Keith. Now, obviously, Keith, you knew that you were going to get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt anyway. What you get as a bonus prize is you get to pick the size. I'm not automatically going to send you a t-shirt that doesn't fit. So what size of t-shirt would you like, sir? <laughs> well, since I'm going to wear it so often, I'm going to go extra large thinking it will shrink to a large. I think that is probably uh, a very astute theory to take as to the quality of the materials. Uh, Keith Woodward, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for being so supportive of everything we do. <laughs> and congrats. My, ple my as pleasure, guys. Hello, Giles. Hello, Francine. Great job. Thank you very much, Keith, and congratulations for uh, conquering the master in Superman vs. Stapes. See you, boys. <laughs> And a quick reminder that if anyone out there believes they qualify for superfan status and would like to come on the show, what you need to do is tag your tweet. That's right. Apply via Twitter. Tag at EPT Not Live. And it is very important that you state your specialist subject because we did change the rules a few weeks back. You can... Like Keith, pick a poker-related subject, be it our live streams, our podcasts, our TV shows, or it can be something non-poker-related. I would say, though, that you want to be in Keith's camp and pick something that you actually do know about. Because he knew his onions, Joe. That guy knew stuff. That guy knew Spanish onion. He knew Vidalia onion. He knew white onion. He knew, he knew basically every kind of onion. So tag him, EPT Not Live, if you would like to appear on Superfan versus Stapes. And uh, send us some direct messages to the EPT no, Live account if no. you want to have them read up. No, no, don't. Don't do that. Sorry, don't do that. Guys, that's it. That's all the time we've got for this week's show. 
Next week, we will be recapping Shark Cage number one from season two. That's right. Season two of Shark Cage is finally upon us. And uh, unfortunately, I promised you guys a couple of times that I was going to play some of the clips, uh, or at least a clip of myself uh, when I did some stand-up comedy in Canada. It has to wait. This is really weird, James. I went online to to uh, sort of um, to watch the video, the YouTube video of it, yeah. and basically... Because they like used some licensed music in like the in like the in between the comics, YouTube has uh, muted the audio track, <laughs> uh, and so I wasn't able to get that for this week. But I do think I'll be able to have it for next week. Um, but it's just one of those weird things where they have like all this software on YouTube where they like search for licensed music. So that's been taken down for now. Uh, that's all the time we've got for this week's show. I'll try my best to get that comedy. More about Shark Cage Season 2 when we come back next week. But for now, I'm Joe Stapleton. And for James Hardigan, smell you later. Smell you later.